Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, hi. Uh, welcome to episode 21 of the School for Dumb Women. Come in. Please take off your robe and slippers while we massage your ears with wit. I'm your spiritual leader, Hannah Varrell, and with me is always regrets talking to the beauty therapist for the full hour, Alexandra Haddo. It ends up being more stressful because they tell me about their problems whilst trying to force me into relaxation. And never knows how much clothing to remove, Carolina Donahue. I worry they'll end up naked from the waist down and I'll be asked to leave. I'm naked from the waist down right now, but that's a different story. This week we're talking about prohibition, traffic and foie gras. So by the end of it, you'll be able to stuff yourself with alcohol until your liver explodes, and then you won't reach the hospital in time due to rush hour. Now here's the show. So Alex, as with your section on Napoleon, uh, you are once again taking on the mantle, my mantle, of uh, being the French expert in uh, the podcast. Ah, le correspondant de France, c'est moi. It's me, yeah. <laughs> um, this week I'm tackling foie gras. Have you ever had it? Do you know what it is? What I level are we at? I think I have had it. Because you lived in France for a year. I did, I did live in Fr- France. Oh, you don't say, Anna. You yeah, lived in France and can speak French. I'm listening to the podcast. <laughs> oh, are there any vegetarians in France? I don't think there are. It's illegal there, isn't it? Yeah, no, there's a few, but they're very much maligned. Oh, okay. Yeah. They live in gated communities. <laughs> It's just pâté then, is that what it is? Just fancy cruel pâté with cruel? Well, I mean, that is the best summary I've heard of it because (laughs) I spent a long time today trying to find out what the difference was between foie gras and pâté. And essentially it is cruelty, yeah. Uh, For anyone that doesn't know, foie gras is a duck or a goose liver pâté, but it's it's extra delicious. Uh, It's as delicious as it is cruel. Uh, because uh, I've never had it. Is it really as good as everyone says? I've not had it either. It's very. It tastes very fatty. It tastes a lot like fat and ducks so just like and expensive sad, fat. Sadness. Sad yeah, ducks. it's just a very menacing meat butter, isn't it? Yes, it is. And it literally translates in French apparently to fat liver. Oh well. We. So. They'd Why wouldn't you want warn you. <laughs> a big slab of that to start you off before you steak? Um, yeah, for anyone that doesn't know, uh, foie gras is made by force-feeding the goose or the duck uh, with a big tube. Uh, you force-feed them corn multiple times a day, like 12 times a day, and it makes their liver expand and become very mm. fatty very quickly. And then they kill it and eat it. Didn't they do that with the suffragettes? Didn't I they don't make, know. Didn't they force-feed them and then... What do you mean they did this to the suffragettes? 
because suffragettes, lots of suffragettes, as in as per the film Suffragette uh, and you know history, went on hunger strikes and then to make them eat because obviously if a suffragette died on a hunger strike that would make big news. Um, to make them eat, they would sort of force tubes down their throats. Oh, mm. Yeah, it's very, it's very, it's it's quite cruel. But I I'm a bad person and I still kind of want to taste it. And I did a Twitter poll today and it was, I didn't get any animal haters or anything, but people said, like, it's not massively worth all that, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I didn't think it was, I thought it was interesting to taste it, but I wasn't like, whoa, I need to have this all the time. Yeah, a bit mm. like caviar, I think that's another another sort of emperor's new clothes sort of thing. Yeah, it's funny, it's interesting with foie gras, because obviously it is really barbaric, but people say it as though not eating one form of cruelty kind of excuses them from all the other animals that they eat as if everything they eat is killed humanely which it categorically isn't yeah exactly you know I mean? yeah and it's no surprise to know that in france that 75 percent of the world's foie gras is eaten in france and they say that it's basically part of their culture and they must be allowed to force feed these oh, geese yeah. they have because to they eat it. cannot um they cannot go without foie gras uh, so has anyone tried to make like ethical foie gras or anything i'm glad you asked caroline wow. Uh, our good friend Janina actually forwarded me to an episode of This American Life podcast, which sadly is not as successful as this podcast. Of course. Um, mm-hmm. but they, they try, actually, though. They do try. They try, yeah, every week. But, um, you know, one day, guys, we should have them on. Give them yeah. Oh, that's nice of us. Mm, yeah, I feel yeah. good about myself just thinking about Definitely. it. Definitely. Yeah. Um, we'd pay their expenses or something. It'd be fine. Um, yeah, and they did an episode where a guy said that he had very happy geese and um, that he produced ethical foie gras because he just let them eat whatever they want, essentially. Um, and I also found this crazy article um, about this farmer who apparently makes ethical foie gras um, at, in Spain. And this journalist went to meet him. Long, it's a long article and uh, maybe we'll post the link on our Instagram or Twitter or something when this episode goes out. But essentially, he he has these huge farms of geese and he has loads of like decadent food on the grounds of the farm, like olives and stuff like that. So they obviously eat these like really sumptuous, flavorful things. And then and they they become greedy because he keeps feed. He just keeps he just doesn't force feed them, but he makes food available to them at all times. Mm -hmm. And they're animals. So he claims that they just eat loads of them and they are wandering freely. And then this journalist is kind of like, oh, okay, fine. And then this flock of geese flies over the farm and then sort of descends. And some of the geese obviously, you know, come down to where all, you know, there's loads of food on the thing. And he's saying how happy his geese are and everything. And then he says, and she says, oh, people like geese voluntarily come to this foie gras farm. And he's like, yes, sometimes they never leave. <laughs> So he's just like, but the way the way the article is written is is as if like the geese are so feel so privileged to be part of his foie gras farm. (laughs) Some of them never. It's like the Hotel California. You can check out anytime you want, but you can never leave. Yeah, yeah, and and his foie gras is now very popular. That will be the one I try, guys. Right, cool. Try this crazy Spanish farmers ethical foie gras from geese that have volunteered for the slaughter. <laughs> um, there's also a hot dog that you can buy in Seattle. It's called the Tokyo Dog, which has... Are you ready for this? Is it foie gras? Oh, it's, of course <laughs> it is. Um, you have to order this hot dog for two weeks in advance. Oh, shut up already. It's called the Tokyo Dog. It's $169, brackets £130. God. And uh, it's... 
Wagyu. I always think I'm saying that wrong. Wagyu beef. Sure, okay. Posh beef. Teriyaki grilled onions, mitake mushrooms, foie gras and shaved black truffles, caviar and Japanese mayonnaise. And it's a hot dog. It's a hot dog, Caroline, and it costs as much as sort of, you know, your monthly travel card. So... That's how crazy foie gras is. And let's just be honest about something. If everybody who had ever tried one of the, ever paid for one of those hot dogs, not like a travel blogger or someone doing a thing, yeah, paid money, just died right now, the world would be a better place. Because every single person who paid money to do that was, I want to eat the world's most expensive hot dog. Yes. And that person is scum. And we should force feed them and eat their liver. I bet it's great. Yeah, I was thinking this as well. Like, imagine if you, I mean, I think mine would be quite. Quite tasty. I'm quite unhealthy. Yeah. You know? Yeah, you, you, you basically eat sausage rolls once every two hours. So. Yeah. Although it doesn't work as well in humans, that's the thing. When we put on weight, we put on weight like over our muscles and under our skin. But geese and ducks, for some reason, do that as well. But also their liver becomes very fatty and engorged. Because like, think about it. You don't, you don't put on weight on your liver. Yeah, no, that's true. Oh, yeah. But okay, they do. Sense. And do you know why? It's because they usually do it before they're about to migrate. So they kind of, they take on loads of fat stores. And that's how our old friends, the Egyptians and the Romans, had decided that they wanted to do foie gras, you know, a gajillion years ago. So they, the Egyptians, there's a picture, obviously, Mm -hmm. of them force feeding a bird. And they think it's the earliest sign of foie gras. But the Romans also fucking loved it as well. Wow. Because they realised, you know, when they were, I guess, killing birds normally just for meat that like oh their livers are always really nice and amazing at this time of year oh it's because they're eating loads because they're about to migrate and mm. not eat we'll just force feed them the whole time it's kind of clever lads it's kind of clever yeah like yeah so you have to yeah. notice a lot of things there yeah there's a lot of lot of dots to join up yeah strange thing though very very odd practice mm. in general uh so yeah probably try and try any ethical foie gras lads if you're gonna if you're gonna do it thanks man thanks man it's yeah, all right I'm off for some pate on toast. <laughs> hey, Alex, I have a question. Go on. Are you not a robot? Tick! Well, good, because the woman who code Mixer, we do not allow robots, only women and women robots. And women robots who code? Yes! It's the women who code Mixer! Yay! <laughs> This week, resident technology hater and elder statesman of the group Alex talks us through some coding a lot of us will use every day, probably when buying tickets for a popular music concert or signing up for daily email alerts for things like shoes. Thank you, Hannah. After that intro, I'll move you up a couple of places in my MySpace top 10 friends. This week, I'm going to teach you what capture is. Do you know what it? Do you know? Do you know what capture is? Is it when it says tick the road signs and you try and remember your driving theory? Is it when they show you lots of fuzzy letters and numbers and you think you've had a stroke because you can't see yes. them properly? And then you have to tick the box that says I can't see this. Yes, it's the it's the one thing that I imagine word art is still used for these days. <laughs> um, everyone's probably come across it. Um, it's a computer program or system intended to distinguish human from machine input, and it's to like thwart spam and stuff so that automated things that just sign up to thousands and thousands of things just for numbers don't get into your data and so you don't get lots of fake people buying stuff or signing up to things. Um, this is absolutely true. This isn't part of the joke. CAPTCHA is an acronym which stands for 
completely automated public Turing test to tell computers and humans apart. No way. <laughs> I feel like they just they came up with the name and then they worked yeah. backwards. Yeah, like someone had a girlfriend yeah. called Capture and then name your thing after me and yeah. they're like uh, completely <laughs> auto- it's completely automated. <laughs> Um, so yeah, when you've ordered some tickets or and then some photos come up like they were, that looked like they were taking on a Nokia thirty two ten, and you have to click on all the pictures of uh, trees or something similar. Uh, that's because robots can't do that. Although Elon Musk probably thinks they can, mm. as we learned in our last episode. We did. We did casual plug there for episode twenty. Yeah, thing is, sometimes when I get asked to click on everything that's a mountain, sometimes they just look like hills and. Then I have to question what reality is. Yeah. Am I actually intelligent or am I... Am uh, I a robot? Am I a clone? Yeah. Well, maybe that's just because you make mountains out of hills. <laughs> Never mind. Um, the point is the program then knows you're human. Ah. See what I mean? Because they can't do it. Well, they, they will be able to soon. Fine. But Capture will have to update itself there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was thinking... What type of tests would you put people in your life through to make sure they weren't going to turn out to be, you know, emotional robots or sociopaths, as I think human ones are called? Oh, uh, I think what I would do is I would lay out a selection of different pastors mm-hmm. and I would say, which of these pastors do I like and which of the pastors do I not like? Mm-hmm. And if they know me, then they'll pick like Linguini, I like that, the spirals, mm. the bows in different colours, and they wouldn't pick the shells mm. and they wouldn't pick macaroni because yeah. it's too small mm. maybe I think I think what I'd do is I'd, I'd I'd line out all the Shrek films and a robot might think because the Shrek films that are later in the series have more famous people in them that they're probably better but a human would know that the original Shrek was best wow that's an excellent test yeah that also works with the series of friends. Yes. Yeah. I think a robot would presume that they, they would they would calculate that more money and stars have gone into later things, therefore they're better, like Sex and City 2. Mm. And it would say, oh, it's, I select this one. And you're like, no, no, robot, you are a robot. Mm. A You've human would outed. know. Mm. Well, I think that's the, definitely two successful tests there. Mm. I think we're probably going to overtake Capture soon with that. Yeah, definitely. Just, you know, type in what was better, Sex and City 1 or 2. I mean, obviously both completely dire. But uh, one I think was the first one was okay. Was, but that's the point. That's a that's not even an opinion, is it? That's a fact. <laughs> so a robot wouldn't be able to get it. Yeah, and even if a person did think Sex and City 2 was better, they wouldn't deserve to buy tickets to a gig or whatever. They shouldn't be out in public. Oh, absolutely yeah. not. No. no. You should have all privileges taken away. Agree. Dummy, 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 dummy. So, Hannah, today you're talking about something that my Uber driver tends to complain about while I stay perfectly silent and scroll through Twitter. Is it LBC Radio? It's actually not LBC Radio. It's Traffic. Oh! Ah. The club in Shoreditch, which is really horrible and always offers me a free shot, even on a Monday. Mm. Or the kind of party you go to as a fresher, uh, the traffic-like party. Oh, yeah. Red if you're single. Green if you're single? Green, if you're single. I think. I never yeah. went to one, sorry. If you want to, uh ha ha ha, you've got the green light. Uh ha ha ha. So I decided to do traffic actually because a listener, hello, wrote to us on Twitter. Her name is Julie Clarenbach. What a lovely name. Very nice, mm. isn't it? Like a TV chef. Mm. 
Mm. Hey, Jules. She said, OK, I really need to understand traffic, how it's dead stopped and then wide open and why was it stopped in the first place? Obviously, outside of accidents and construction and the like, why does traffic accordion, which I think is a very nice word. Oh, Ooh, that's a really good way of putting it. Yeah, I was thinking also concertina. Yeah. Is that the same thing? Oh. So, so, I mean... Very satisfying word, yeah. concertina. Yeah, it makes yeah. it sound a lot fancier than it is. Mm. Yes, I always wonder this. Because you're so frustrated and then when the traffic very, very quickly goes, there's no sign of what caused it. There should be like an explanation. I agree. And also I'd like to know why when I'm in one lane, will the only way to make that lane go faster is for me to move into a different lane. Yes. And then that starts going faster. I mean, I'm assuming that's psychological. Can or... anyone here actually drive? I can drive. No. I can you can, not drive? I can't drive. Yay. Yay! So that lane stuff was just you theoretically talking about a lane you can't pull into. If you could drive, That's which women don't. As, yeah, <laughs> as a passenger. Right, yes. I'm doing it in solidarity with my sisters in Saudi Arabia. Oh, yes, me too. So how is it dead stopped and then wide open? And why was it stopped in the first place? What do you think the most common causes of traffic jams might be? Uh, for me, it's because uh, the rather high tunnel is closed for some fucking reason. Um, I think maybe an old man has stopped on the motorway to eat his sandwiches. Oh, and just sort of stopped halfway. Mm. Yeah, like, this seems like a nice spot. Yeah. Yeah. Screaming breaks. Yeah. Mm. Egg salad. Yeah. Egg salad! <laughs> of course he's eating an egg salad. Back to the I don't know. Is it just like slow drivers and then it all backs up? Or yeah, what? I just thought there's a lot of them. That's why rush hour is a thing, right? It's yeah. lots, lots of cars on the road. Yeah, rush hour is definitely... Uh, it's not helped by the fact that there's more cars. But actually, most traffic, good fact coming up, is caused by people merging into different lanes. Oh. Because when you merge, you tend to slow down because, you know, you're looking ahead of you and you're looking behind you and you're sort of like, oh, okay, I'm going to move across then. And you're indicating and everything. And so when you slow down, the person behind you has to slow down and the person behind them has to slow down. And then it kind of just, it gets worse and worse. So the the next person has to slow down more and then eventually Mm -hmm. you've pretty much all stopped. And that's why sometimes there can be a traffic jam, but you really don't know why. And then you go past and you're like, it must be a huge accident. Something terrible must have happened. There must be horses on the road having a tea party. (laughs) uh, I would love it if that was the cause of the traffic. (laughs) Delightful image. Uh, And then there isn't. And you're like, oh, I didn't. There's nothing to see. Oh. What's going on? But mathematicians have uh, have looked into this and they've developed a model to show how all these delays occur when there's no apparent cause. Um, and essentially, it's that a traffic jam moves backwards through the traffic, like I said, creating what they've called a backward travelling wave. Oh. oh. Which does sound like one of Beyonce's dance moves. Yes. <laughs> so they went to all this trouble. They created a mathematical model to show the impact of unexpected events such as a lorry pulling out of its lane on a dual carriageway. And uh, and then it creates this accordion, as Julie said, which is, uh, yeah, interesting. Hmm. Also, I guess it's to keep traffic reporters in work, you know? Yeah, and helicopters. Yeah. Why would we need helicopters if not for traffic? That's true. Also, shows like, you know, police chase, camera, car action, burglary, stuff like that, they wouldn't exist. Yeah. Or would more of them exist? If there were empty roads. Oh, more of them would exist. Yeah, probably mm. probably driving fast would be more fun on empty roads. You're totally right, yeah. There's not a lot of interesting ones where they're just stuck in a traffic jam on the M6. Yeah, <laughs> but it makes total sense because if you think about uh, like soldiers when they're in formation and everything, uh, if they all move a step forward at the same time, then they all move at the same pace. 
Mm. But if the first, if you're in a queue and the first person starts moving, you can see that person moving, mm-hmm. but you can't move because the person in front of you hasn't moved yet. So yeah, yeah. There you go, Julie. So traffic is queuing. Exactly. Um, I thought I'd uh, add in some more factoids. Yeah. As we do on this podcast, how long do you think the world's longest traffic jam was? Ooh, five days. That two weeks. Actually, uh, Alex is one here. Mm. There was an incredibly large traffic jam in Beijing in 2010. It went over the Beijing-Tibet expressways. It lasted for 12 days. <gasps> what? 12 days. It was 62-mile-long oh traffic jam. People must have been born and died in that. I know. Yeah, quite literally, yeah. <laughs> um, and it was the result of too many vehicles clogging the road, uh, heavy trucks carrying construction supplies, uh, ironically, for road work that was intended to help ease congestion. <gasps> yeah. And there's now a service in China, like for traffic jams, where you can pay someone else to sit in a traffic jam for you. So you get stuck in the traffic jam, mm-hmm. you call them up, two of them will come along on a scooter or something, one of them gets in your car, you get on the back of the scooter, they whiz you out through the traffic. Oh. Oh my God, we have that wow. in this country, but for getting drunk, they have it for traffic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. There was also another very large traffic jam in the 1980s in France, which went from Lyon all the way to Paris, which is like oh, my most God. of France. Was that because they were all just like making love and eating cheese? Yeah. On no, the road. Was, uh, another one happened in Bethel, New York in 1969 uh, at Woodstock. And everyone was heading to Woodstock and it became this huge traffic jam and people eventually like just left their cars because they wanted to go to the festival, which I guess made it worse. So the performers had to be flown in in helicopters because you couldn't drive in. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Uh, and obviously before we had cars, we had horses, right? Horse, horses and carriages. Oh, yeah. I guess uh, traffic happened with them too. Yeah. And traffic happened then. But you also, as well as having traffic, you would have horse poo everywhere. Oh, God. And it became like as kind of you know, there became more and more vehicles on the road. There was more and more poo. Um, Horse jams. Ugh, the past. In 1894, they estimated it would have only taken 50 years for the manure from the horse traffic to cover all of London's streets almost three metres deep. I think that's actually what Sadiq Khan's trying to bring back. (laughs) What, charge charge you not to step in horse poo? Yeah. Oh, maybe. That Um, and cleaner air, I think. um, The first traffic lights were invented in the 1800s. And uh, they killed a policeman. They were outside the uh, house. <laughs> They've of got Parliament. their own minds. <laughs> Singularity is here. Oh shit! Oh my god, Singularity is going to be the new Egypt, guys. We're just going to like. I was just about to say, at least traffic lights weren't fucking invented in Egypt, although they probably painted themselves like red, green, and orange. Yeah, and oh, absolutely. Line. Yeah, uh, yeah. A traffic light was installed outside the Houses of Parliament, and it looked a bit like a railway signal. Um, but it exploded. It was operated by gas. It killed a policeman, apparently. Wowzers. Yeah, pretty sad. Um, and then finally, you know, people with bumper stickers. Mm-hmm. Apparently, if you have a bumper sticker on your car, you're more likely to be a psychopath. You're more likely to <laughs> kill someone. Wow. I would imagine that is yeah. to be true. Because yeah. mo- most of the bumper stickers tend to be, they're never lovely. They're never like, have a nice day. Or sometimes they are, but yeah, very sometimes, rarely. Sometimes, yeah. I mean, I, when I think of bumper sticker, I think of like angry American, right? Yeah. Definitely, yeah. definitely. And basically, if you put a bumper sticker on your car, you're just more likely to be a bit more like territorial and kind of aggressive. Yeah. Um, and that's why. So if you're it's in always traffic like honk behind. if you love tits or yeah. something. <laughs> yeah. So if you're in traffic behind someone who has a bumper sticker, then maybe don't get out and shout at them. Oh, okay. I won't. Yeah, I shan't. I shan't. I'm scared of confrontation, so I shan't. 
When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. So Caroline, for your segment this week, we're going back to New York in the 1920s. I got a short haircut, a shorter skirt, and there's asbestos in my underwear. Oh, you're looking good, honey. I, I like know. It. It's 1920. I got the vote, and I'm doing prohibition for my segment. Oh, okay. Prohibition, everyone. What do we know about it? It's a bar in Leeds that I used to work in, which ironically sold a lot of alcohol. Yes, it seems like they were really going for a thing there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hannah, what do you know about prohibition? Um. Al Capone. Al Capone. And, Is he a brother uh, of Al Capone? Uh, uh, sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, they banned alcohol in America because they thought it was evil. Yeah, <gasps> it's absolutely mental, isn't it? It's one of those things where you're like, um, you, you accept it as being just part of the culture and then you think about it and you're like, what? People just stood for that? Like, yeah. So Prohibition ha, was in America between 1920 and 1933. Oh, 13 that's a long time. Years. Imagine turning 21 in 1920 and then you can't drink until you're 33. Well, the thing four. about prohibition is that, uh, yeah, technically you couldn't drink until you're in your 30s, but almost nobody seemed to uphold prohibition in any meaningful sense of the word. Wow. So the sale of alcohol was prohibited, but there were loads of wealthy people who just had like cellars full of wine and stuff and they could just drink their stuff. There was people in the country making moonshine. We've all heard of that. Um, and then people in cities uh, just resorted to bootlegging and, uh, you know, jazz clubs opened up for the first time and there was a sort of this air of secrecy and it virtually turned almost every person in America, every adult in America into like a criminal overnight and uh, yeah, it just sort of it was sort of seen as being faintly ridiculous in the first place but the the journey of how Prohibition happened at all is really, really interesting um, because I didn't know this uh, but it was mainly orchestrated by women. What? Really? Yeah. We all associate it with the 1920s and the 1930s. Um, But it actually started a long time before that, before the American Civil War. Oh. I know. Which, as we all know, was the 1800s. Yeah, with the development of the Temperance Society and the Anti-Saloon League. 
Oh. <laughs> yeah. That's a new Marvel film, surely. <laughs> the anti-saloon league. Um, yeah, the, the idea being that uh, alcoholism was a genuine huge problem. And this being the uh, 1800s, it was the time of suffrage was that was gaining ground, anti-slavery that was starting to gain ground. So it was really a time of, of new ideas and that kind of thing. And, and because alcoholism was so bad and because women had so few rights in the home, like, you know, marital rape isn't a thing. Like uh, a man really is sort of like the captain of the ship in every meaningful way. So there was like this huge problem with alcoholism and then these men coming home and like abusing their children, abusing their wives. And uh, rather than like vie for control of their own lives or their own children or their own legal rights, women just... I guess because it seemed like a more viable thing or maybe because the enemy seemed much clearer. Like, no, alcohol is the problem. And they weren't wrong because for, like, I mean, for centuries, people were drinking beer, like, because, even because it was cleaner than water, right? And for a long, long time, beer was like 2%. Like, you could drink a lot of it. You could have it with breakfast, you could have it with dinner, you could have it with lunch. And everything was fine. But then the introduction of rye whiskey and, like, like dark spirits in general into American like culture meant that people were like finishing their horrible really really hard jobs mining or farming or whatever they'd go to like a saloon and these saloons which I never knew before I, I kind of associate saloons with like the old west and all that yeah, kind of stuff yeah, yeah. Um, but most of them were they were like franchises of like German beer companies um, so there was a direct line to the customer do you know what I mean like the, these bars were owned by these companies and they their their product was being pushed on them all the time. They were often given free, incredibly salty lunches, so they drink more. Oh. That's why they give you popcorn in nice bars now. Yeah, because it, it's salty and it makes you drink more. Um, yeah. So this was like really destroying communities, and you know, fairly justifiably, a lot of women came out against alcohol, and it started to gain a lot of um, movement. They had some very prominent people who adopted the cause. They started taxing alcohol hugely during the First World War um, to pay for the army, essentially. And yeah, so there was like a lot of demonization of alcohol around the time. And then eventually they got it ratified into their constitution, prohibiting the sale of alcohol, which is really like really interesting because every other amendment to the American Constitution is about expanding freedom it's about giving women the vote it's about abolishing slavery and this is like about limiting you do you know what I mean mm. it's also weird because men must have listened and even though they were in charge been like okay yeah let's ban alcohol yeah. yeah there was this very interesting figure who I learned a little bit about today this guy called Wayne Wheeler who was like a massive temperance movement guy um, he had like witnessed like loads of people die in a drinking related accident or something and after that was like I'm dedicating my life to this and it was one of those um, the Machiavellian the ends justify the means so he started this huge propaganda war um, trying to convince local politicians that it was a bigger cause than it actually was so it was like very it was very fake news it was like distorting everything and uh, yeah everyone just sort of got behind it because it was kind of an ends justify the means sort of thing and after the constitution got ratified people did drink less for a little while but then because it was so easy to get away with it. There was all kinds of like fun loopholes. Like uh, chemists could still sell it because alcohol was still, you know, a medicine in some ways. Oh, yeah. So you would like, um, you would go through your doctor to get a prescription for it. Um, people would go around. The term bootlegger would come from you would have a bottle of whiskey strapped to your leg and you would offer people like swigs of it for like a dime. And that was oh. what a bootlegger oh. was. 
But obviously the opportunity for crime was huge there. So these gangs started getting involved, peddling um, alcohol and speakeasies were set up and they, they would sort of control the flow of alcohol. But then, you know, they got into huge competition with each other because obviously everybody wants to be the person who controls this incredibly profitable industry. And during this time, the crime rates in America just skyrocketed and there was no way of controlling it. But then but to just be like, okay, we made a mistake. Wow. And then they just got rid of it. Like, done. Prohibition's done. They're just like, we give up. Give up. The end. And there's room, There's that's why the Long Island Iced Tea cocktail, which is by and large the most potent cocktail on any menu, Oh yeah, came about because it looked like ladies were drinking iced tea. <gasps> ah. But they were actually drinking it, and it was obviously invented in Long Island. Yeah. And it's... Not an iced tea. It will fuck you up and quickly. <laughs> well, it was weird because it actually like did a lot for culture. Like out, those speakeasies were the first places where uh, men and women were like mixing together. Like it sort of created this air of you know conspiratorialness. That I think people found really enjoyable and I like think a lot I'd of, enjoy it. I yeah, think we definitely. all would, right? Ban alcohol. Yeah, <laughs> it's a bit like buying weed, isn't it? Like you're never going to get done for buying weed, are you? Yeah, you know, I, got offered, I got offered drugs on the street last night for the first time in my life. Oh, wow. Oh, no, thank you. Aww. Thank you very much. I just wish there was a really like glamorous, um, high art culture attached to smoking weed, but really you're just going to be sat in your couch sort of watching old South Park episodes. <laughs> yeah. And there's nothing really aspirational about that, is there? No, but there is in The Great Gatsby, you know, drinking champagne in the Prohibition era. Yeah. yeah. I think we all want to drink champagne in the Prohibition era, really, don't yeah. we? It is our core basicness. Yes, it is. Yeah. Did they all have a huge fucking party when it got legalised? Or were they like, <laughs> oh, I'm allowed to do this now. Ruining the fun. So, as we all know, the popular 80s myth that women can have it all has been well and truly dispelled by now. Thank fuck for that, I say. Yeah. And so, for this week's smart lesson, I'm going to be showing you how you can have not at all, but some. Ooh, how much? You can have five things, Caroline, because I have in my hands here an oh. absolutely foolproof game. Oh. My paper's rustling. And I have on each piece of paper a thing. Oh, a thing. What kind of a thing? Well, you'll find out. And then we're going to discuss what type of profile you might have. You won't have it all, okay? but you will have five things. And that is your lot. Okay, well, <laughs> that's all you get. That's all you get. You can't have it all. You can't have kids that you like and a husband that you like. Okay. Okay, I get it. Okay. And a job that you like. And yeah. enough free time. No. And a good okay. handbag. Exactly. No, no, no way. But I that can is... have a job and a husband and no friends. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And so how do I work out which things I can have and which things I can't? I think it's literally by this game that I've made up. Okay. That's I'm excited about the game. So I'm going to be rolling it out nationally in the, like, the next week or so. Yeah. Hannah, if you'd like to pick five at random. <gasps> okay. Oh, you should do that. Oh, you've got one, two there. You've got one on the two, floor. Three, three. Four. Five. Okay, I've got oh my, my five. I'm not looking. I'm not looking but just But why have Hannah's taken all the good ones now? Well, then she is Sarah Jessica Parker in that film. Oh, right. Okay. You should roll this out for hen parties to I get, know, give well, everyone a sense of realism. Yeah, or life coaching too. Uh, okay, one, two, three, four. Ooh, got last one. I think, uh, I think one fell on the floor. Oh, There's two well. on the floor. That's probably all my hobbies. Okay, lads, you can now <gasps> turn over your, your fate, I guess. And, oh uh, my God, this is great. What have you got? 
Well, a lot of it's around bags for life. Okay. Oh, you got all the bags for life. I got all the bags for life. Um, okay, so I will be able to have not it all, but some. Okay. And some of those things are a fulfilling career. Okay, that's, yeah, that's fine. one of the better ones, yeah. actually. I don't really want a lot of the other things. I don't really want kids. Great. So fine. Um, uh, a boyfriend who says he likes me without makeup. Which could be good or bad, I think. Yeah. Depends on the way they say it. Yeah. I think I'm kind of there. Yeah, fine. We, we basically just like sort of like live like flatmates in the 80s anyway. Just, Great. You know. Perfect. Okay. Um, I have multiple ear piercings that still look cheap. Oh. That is a highly Ooh. desirable one. It really is. I can never get it. I, I just look How like many, a... How many? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I look like you a look like teenager just, that's exactly. gone wild in Claire's, you know? I was just about to say literally that. That's so <laughs> funny. Um, okay. And then I've got two conflicting ones. Oh, which can often happen. Yeah, that's what being a woman is. Yeah. The first one is a bag for life, but I only remember to bring it places half the time. But the second one is a bag for life and I remember to bring it. Oh, so, so maybe. Some, some days you're up, some days you're down. You've got a good hand there, though, is I'd say. Right? I've got ear piercings, I've got a nice boyfriend, I've got a, a career and a bag for yeah. life. Pretty jealous of your life. I don't know. Uh, Hannah, how are you doing? Okay, well, I've got a face that doesn't need foundation. Oh, Ooh, that's you don't, good. But you barely wear foundation anyway. I'm good with that one. I've got a secret skill of playing a cool instrument. Oh, Ooh, very good. That's a great one. Yeah. Yeah. I've also got a boyfriend who is insanely hot. Oh. A technical 10. Oh. But you're fairly short, doesn't know your surname after three months of dating. Oh. Uh, well, yeah. so is he really listening to me? Mm, no. I don't know. That's a good sum to have. The next one is, I've got the ability to understand Joan Didion without feeling like a dunce. Oh. Oh, my God. That's a trade. Do you want to trade one of my bag for life ones? Well, no, because my next one, Caroline, is a bag for life and always remember to bring it. Oh. How, what? You're obsessed with bag for life. <laughs> well, I did like a, th- a three year. I was hoping that we'd all get one and then it would be like the thing. <laughs> Uh, but all in all, I'm pretty happy with that. I think that's that's good. I've got a a, a hot boyfriend. I can play instruments, and I don't need foundation. Mm-hmm. I can uh, understand Joe Dinian, and I've got a bag to put Joan stuff Didion. in. Put my, <laughs> put my saxophone I mean, in. You could put Joan Dinian in a bag. She's yeah. a tiny little lady. She is. I'm okay. I'm nervous now. You guys have done quite well out of yeah. this. Yeah. You know? Hope you don't have kids. I would hate to see your kids. Oh, my first one is no kids. Yes. Hey, no kids for me. Um, but I've also got a relatively stress-free birth, so maybe I gave them away. <laughs> oh, maybe you sold them. Maybe I did, yeah. That's fine. Um, I've got the ability to know exactly how much pasta to put in the pan just by eyeing it up. Wow. Very nice. Which will save me a lot of time going yeah. forward, I think. Um, a genuine love of salad. Oh, Something okay. I've never been able to achieve so far, but now that I've got this, you yeah. know, I feel like it's going to Unless there's like bits of... Rashes in there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Unless it's like not really a salad, but with yeah. leaves. Yeah. yeah, it's covered in mayonnaise. Crunchy stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I've got a supportive boyfriend who a decent percentage, but not all of my friends think is hot. Oh, that's the perfect amount. Because mm. yeah. you don't want everyone to... Fa- I mean, Hannah, yeah. you know, you're going to have a lot of issues with yours. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to have so much jealousy with my Tech 10. I'm going to feel insecure about that. That's yeah. true, yeah. And... You don't really want people to be sitting around having that conversation being like, don't get me wrong, she's a lovely girl, but he's very attractive. Ah, <laughs> uh, that's the thing, yeah. yeah. Caroline, are you saying that I'm not myself a technical 10? Ah, uh, you're a nice girl. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas mine, like, you know, half of my friends are like, I mean, he's nice, but I don't, 
don't know. Is yeah, he, he must be great yeah. in bed. Yeah. I, I see what you see in him. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other one's like, oh, yeah, I think, you know, Dave's quite fit. Sure. Yeah. Nice. Do you want to see what we had left over? Yeah. yeah. Step kids. <laughs> kids. On step the floor. kids at. Okay, table has step kids, floor has kids. God, we're doing so much better than these losers. I know. The time to watch all of the good TV box sets and be able to discuss them. Oh. See, I would swap. I would swap for Bag for Life out. For yeah, life. I would swap my Bag for Life out as well. Fair play. Um, smooth forearms. That's Ooh, also a good one. good one. I always envy people with smooth forearms. Yeah. Who are they? That's what I mean. You can be pretty happy with what you've got, but like, for example, only Caroline has the fulfilling career. I mean, me and Hannah hate our jobs in this scenario. You've got to imagine that these are the only things. So everything oh, else yeah. is bad, you know? So I don't have it. I don't have any friends. Oh, no. No I don't friends, have any friends. no job. Yeah. Caroline has a fulfilling job. And a boyfriend. And a boyfriend. Wow, I feel so enlightened, guys. <laughs> I really can have some. <laughs> You can have some if you really want. Wow. But not it all. Ah. Not it ah. all. Do, do. You'll succeed a bit at last. <laughs> well, that's the end of this week's podcast. We're all off to go on a triple date with our new boyfriends. Thank you to Harry Harris for our jingle, Gavin Day for our logo, and Soho Radio Studios for our recording space. Thank you also to Julie Clarenbach, who does have it all because now she knows everything she needs to know about traffic. That is true. If you have a question you'd like to ask School for Dumb Women, you can contact us on Twitter at DumbWomenPod or on email, dumbwomenpod at gmail.com. Thanks also to everyone who's bought us a coffee. That's ko-fi.com. If you want to buy us a coffee, then we're much more likely to answer your question, reply to your tweet, or even acknowledge your existence. So it's really best to do that right now. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Au revoir. Lord. Mm, no, Beyonce. <laughs> I like, thought you were just saying, like, Lord, I get it. <laughs> oh, loudy, I get it. But she, I'm going for it. That green light, I want it. No, a different one. If you want if to. If you want to. Uh-huh, uh-huh. uh-huh you got the green light. Uh-huh, yeah, but, but Lord so also has to. a green light song. Yeah, but yeah. Beyonce had it before. As did F. Scott Fitzgerald. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 